The emergence of COVID-19 has forced the legal industry to rapidly undergo a fundamental transformation. I'm Jack Newton, CEO and co-founder of Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal software provider. In each episode of Daily Matters, we'll explore what this new normal means for law firms, how legal professionals can find success while working remotely, and how lawyers can best serve their clients during this unprecedented situation. Today, we welcome legal tech and bankruptcy law expert, Janine Sickmeyer to the show. Janine is the founder and managing director of Next Chapter and Modern Attorney, and the creator of the She Starts Up podcast. Janine, it's great to have you here. Thanks, thanks so much for having me. Uh, well, Janine, it's, uh, it, it's great to see you. Uh, it's been a while since we've crossed paths in, in person, and I'm curious, how are you and your family doing? How are you balancing four kids? Uh, I've got three, yeah. and that feels like a, a huge handful. You've got, I, I think, uh, even two relatively young twins uh, that are making up that, uh, that foursome. Yeah. So tell us about how you are managing that household plus running uh, a business right now in general, this is, it's a crazy time. I think, um, having, you know, all four of the kids at home and me and my husband and trying to work, um, and run the businesses, it's just, it's impossible. We, um, luckily we were able to get a couple of nannies to help us out. Um, during this time, they were daycare teachers, uh, at the school. And when they closed that down, they decided to come on board, um, and oh, just go on this quarantine ride with us. Yeah. So, um, it's been great because they're, they already know the children. Um, they're helping full time right now, so I'm able to, you know, work um, all day. And um, sometimes that means that you know we get to come to an empty office and like my husband's empty office um, and just work there, which, you know, it's it's like night and day difference than um, from being at home. They're they're all over us, and it's you know our kid, my kids are um, four years old. I have a three year old and twin, eighteen month olds. So they're all like four under five. They're <laughs> attached to each other. Um, they want to do everything the other one wants to do. So it's like one wants to scream, then all of them are screaming, you know, one wants to play. And so it's like that all the time. And really there's no like balance of, you know, like I'll just get a couple hours in while they're doing X, Y, Z. Like, no, we're, right. we're like full-time one-on-one. My- like, my my kids are a little bit older now, uh, uh, eleven, nine, and seven. Uh, but I remember those those three under four days, uh, yeah. and it's a handful, and and you, they it need is. your constant <laughs> attention. So I, yeah. I, uh, I I sympathize uh, even with my experience with three felt felt overwhelming. Layer, uh, you know, pandemic on top of that, uh, and yeah. uh, um. It's, it's a lot. So congratulations on just surviving. That must feel like a yes. win some days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think as soon as we found out our flow, like as soon as we knew that we were going to have some help, um, it just changed. Everything changed. At first, I was like, I'm going to be this teacher half of the time and like try to help them, you know, with an enrichment and educational and and it lasted a day. And then I was like testing right. every one. I'm like, please <laughs> tell me somebody is out there. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been really good to have them around. Um, I'm glad that, that, you know, we're not alone in this. So, yeah. And looking outward at the, uh, you know, the industry, what's going on with the world right now, what do you find yourself thinking about most right now? What's on, what's on your mind? The biggest thing right now for me is trying to find some kind of self-care, um, some kind of calm, um, spending time you know, I want my family to be healthy, but I want all of our mental states to be healthy too. So yeah. I'm like 
it's been everything in me to try to just recognize, um, you know, any kind of patterns, even with the children, if they're, you know, something's happening like Tuesdays right now, they go crazy. It's like every Tuesday, they're just like, so we're trying to remember, like, just give them some grace. Like this is, you know, Tuesday, maybe it's more movie day. Like, I'm just like, let's just, you know, it's pizza. I don't care. Like, let's not, you know, put a burden on the whole family. And same with, you know, me, I'm like, I need some space. I need to, um, after, you know, the first couple of weeks, it was like, I couldn't read a book. I couldn't you know, go on a run. I couldn't, um, I, I think everybody was feeling that way. We were all just shaken up and like, what's happened. Um, but now I'm starting to feel like, you know, I can get back and, and I've been running on like every day and getting back to reading. And it's, uh, it's important, you know, it's like just knowing that I can have some time. Um, that's kind of where all my focus is going, like making sure that the whole family is, you know, both physically and mentally healthy. So, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's certainly what we all hope for right now. If we can maintain that, mm -hmm. you know, physical well-being and, and what seems even harder is mental well-being yeah. in this time. It feels, feels like uh, a big accomplishment. Yeah. Um, I, I so think I, with the go ahead. employees too, like with the employees, um, all the, my team, I mean, you know this too. It's like how you continue to make sure that everybody on the team is, um, you know, doing what they can for their own personal you know, mental health too. Everybody, like we get together and we'll talk about um, just at first we were like, let's do like wellness Wednesdays. Everybody runs, you know, goes on a run, goes, you know, out, talk about like spend two hours, do whatever it is that you want to do and then come back and talk about it openly so that we're all not feeling like guilty about doing these things. Right. Um, you know, so it's like, and then we started talking about, well, what are you doing in your free time? Um, and at first I was a little, you know, I'm like, I wish I had free time. Like, but then I see their side of, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, people that I work with, they're all, you know, home and alone and that's lonely too. So it's not, um, you know, the grass is always greener. It's kind yeah, of like, I know. It's that. one of two extremes. It feels like where, where people mm -hmm. are, you know, at home with multiple kids and a spouse and maybe in-laws or nannies and, and they're feeling overwhelmed and like they can't get their own space mm -hmm. on one extreme. Uh, and then you have people that are alone in this almost, you know, devastatingly isolated way, feeling the the polar mm -hmm. opposite of that spectrum. And it's uh, yeah. each each side of that has its own set of of strains and challenges to to navigate for sure. Um, yeah. So, and yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Jenny. Oh, I was just gonna say it's just you know, and yeah, it's hard um, when you're on the other side of it to even understand what what that other, you know, what that other side looks yeah, like. I think building empathy for that mm -hmm. is hard. Yeah, opening and talking, you know, about it with everybody. It's you, I like wouldn't believe how many puzzles they're all buying and like right. paint by number, and you know they're learning guitar and piano and all these things. And I'm like, that's great. Like <laughs> I'm not there, but that's so good for you so, guys. So um, tell us a little bit about so. the, the the team you're managing and maybe some of the. It sounds like you experimented with quite a bit, and I, I think many of our listeners are are managing a, a suddenly remote law firm and. Uh, it, it sounds like you've had some experiments that have succeeded and maybe some that haven't. What, what, what's worked in terms of creating connectedness across your team in this, uh, yeah. in this pandemic? So we, we started, um, first we were like, uh, I, uh, me with the managers decided like, let's take a look at, you know, some of the things that we could do to, to make sure that the team can stay together, stay focused um, and, but not be too, you know, overbearing. Um, so we were like, let's just, 
let's set up our weekly meetings. Um, and then we're going to move into, you know, doing like, um, you know, a couple every other day check-ins. But um, of course we use all the tools that, that you would, you know, Zoom and Slack and everything like that. So we're all staying connected. Honestly, like we were already a very remote um, team. And when I started, I worked from home for five years by myself, um, started bringing on a couple people. And then, you know, it was like, then we got this office and um, now we have 14 people in the Columbus office, but next chapter is, has about 30 people. So the other half are, you know, in Serbia and LA, Miami, all over the place. So we do already have all the tools and everything to do that. But the Columbus team, we wanted to like figure out a way to continue to, you know, have those like um, those, those touch points and make sure everybody feels connected. So on Fridays, we do like a check-in. It's kind of like a happy hour at the end of the day. Um, and we come up with interesting things. There's um, one of the things, uh, usually somebody on the team decides to like put it on. And then um, by the next week, we all, you know, do the activity. So we did um, guess the baby picture and like everybody <laughs> sent baby pictures. And it was cute because then they put it all together um, in a in a Google survey. And it was like catchy little things, you know, little like, like, captions that went along with it so it was like who's this bougie baby and things like that you know so it was like that's fun, fun. Stuff that's a, i might steal that idea i like that yeah it was cool we were and you know and we were like surprised that um a lot of people had it mixed up the, we had to try to figure out like we we're like okay all the boys you know we were trying to like get just normal you know looking because there's so many as a, like a little boy and a, we're like okay this is definitely we're trying to make them all look you know general neutral but there's like frilly lace and everything we're like obviously that wasn't tim and you know um early 90s so it was fun we we tried to like come up with you know fun ways like that and then another thing um one of the team members decided to do a uh, like a character quiz. So he sent around, um, and it was a similar thing. We all had to fill out this. It's kind of like strength finder or something where you're like, yep. um, selecting, you know, these, uh, traits about yourself, but then it gives you spits out like who your, um, character is. And there's like hundreds that it, it kind of, you know, decides between. So I had, um, Astrid from uh, Crazy Rich Asians, which I really love. And so I was like, oh, how fancy. But, um, you know, some other people were like, I don't even know who I got, like who my character is. But so we had to try to guess like who, who, you know, who got which character and um, in a similar kind of thing. So we've just been doing those kind of things. Um, we decided to do masterclass. Um, so I was like, just, you know, find something not related to work that is still really fun to to learn, um, spend some time, you know, learning about film writing or um, cocktail making or whatever. So everybody um, picked, you know, a different, a different type of activity that they could learn um, through masterclass. So then we can all talk about it. So that's oh, cool. Yeah, that's great. So, well, those are some some great uh, yeah some great takeaways on on techniques to stay connected. I think it's so important right now, and we're you know we're experimenting with a variety of things that. Uh, at Clio and you realize how much people need some of these, yeah, these connection points to, to ground against and, and hold on to, especially when you're on that, that really isolated end of the, mm -hmm. the spectrum. Um, so Janine would love to spend just a minute hearing your, 
your story. Uh, you and I, I think, first met five or maybe even more years ago at, yeah. at one of the early Clio cons. Mm -hmm. And I remember meeting you and you had this great vision for uh, this, this new idea called Next Chapter and you were just starting to build on a product. Mm -hmm. uh, cut to five years later and you've grown into this big team. You were recently acquired by yeah. Fastcase. Tell, tell us that story. Uh, I, I think great. there's so many uh, interesting anecdotes along the way and, and uh, would love to spend a minute just hearing the story. Awesome. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny because yeah, you said it, we met at the, you know, one of the early, um, it was the first CleoCon and I was like, um, really inspired because I, I saw that you were pulling so many, um, ideas from Dreamforce from right. um, the Salesforce conference. I had just been to that like a couple months before that. And so I was like, this is just the best conference, legal conference, you know, in general that I've ever been to. Yeah. So it was really, Really and you're right, the to... uh, inspiration for uh, for CleoCon was Dreamforce. I went to an early Dreamforce and was blown away mm -hmm. by it. And, and conversely, had been to, at that point, many CLEs and thought, why can't, yeah. <laughs> why can't legal education have a little bit more of this, uh, this Silicon Valley sizzle to it? Yeah, you're yep. right. Oh, and I remember things like you guys had glass Evian bottles, and I was like, that <laughs> is really fancy. The small touches, <laughs> and I was, the small yeah, touches. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, the first aid kits in the morning, all that stuff, which, you know, it's just, yeah, I was like, this is awesome. I wrote like a whole blog post about um, all the ways that it's different from the regular, you know, conferences, and, but yeah, so I'll, um, I'll just start. I, I was a paralegal. I was um, working in a law firm in Columbus, Ohio, um, and I, I kind of, saw that there were, um, it was really like during the last recession, I was in foreclosures and, um, and I was going to those like sheriff sales, bidding on properties for people uh, on behalf of the bank against, you know, these families. And it was like devastating. I did not, um, I, I guess like I was really young and didn't, you know, really understand the impact of what was happening um, in 2008 with the mortgages, mm -hmm. and the, you know, foreclosure crisis. And um, after I started to really like grasp what was going on, I mean, I would go it, to these sales and um, bid on 30, 40 properties in a row. And to me, you know, it was just these sheets of paper. I'm just like bidding. Um, and then I started to understand like what, what it was really happening. And I immediately, I was like, I, I need to be on the other side of this. And I got really interested in bankruptcy and, um, you know, debtors' rights, and so I um, I met up with this attorney that had a, a general practice firm at the time. He um, was starting like you know some de um, debtor rights, and he was like, I I need to start this bankruptcy department. Um, can you you know come on board and kind of help us with technology learning? Um, and I didn't know anything about bankruptcy, but I knew about creditors' rights and foreclosures and garnishments, and I was like, yeah, I can do, I can do that. And so I joined their firm and then started helping them grow. And at the time, bankruptcy was so big, mm -hmm. um, helped them grow their offices all over um, from San Diego, Cincinnati, all over the place, opening, um, you know, their world to technology um, to, to try to like interconnect everything. So we were using Salesforce and a lot of the um, products, you know, that, that merge in with that. And it was um, at the time, like, you know, really hard to get them all on board, but um, I was testing all the other bankruptcy software, trying to figure out what would be the right fit. And we used it all, but I was like, God, if there could just be like an online ideal bankruptcy software, this would, you know, solve everything. Um, 
I kept asking, I'd call all of our competitors and ask, are you guys going to go online soon? Are you, are you going to be online? This is 2009. They were all like, no, everybody's happy. We don't need to do anything like that. And I'm like, all right. So I eventually, you know, a few years later, um, went out on my own as a virtual paralegal. And I was like, I could do the same thing, make a bunch of money, work for attorneys mm -hmm. all over the country. And that's when, um, I was really, I, I was talking with, um, a friend of mine, her father is an investor and he's like, can you scale that? And I'm like, mm, the paralegal team, I, I, you know, not easily with the technology because there's no online technology. And so he's like, okay, so how about you try to solve that? And I'm like, I don't know how to build software. And so he's like, you'll figure it out. And so I figured it out. I learned how to, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to start learning how to code. Um, I met up with all these developers all the time, went to these Ruby events in Columbus, um, Ruby on Rails events, just talking yeah. to a bunch of people, went to pitches, all these things. And I was like, I've got this great idea. And then they're like, oh, great. What is it? And then I'm like, bankruptcy software. And they're like, oh, uh. <laughs> like, nobody wanted to like get into this niche because it was just like not sexy, you know? Right. And I was like, but non-sexy things make money, you know? So it was, um, it was like a challenge because I was trying to get more people on my team so that I could build this thing. And that ended up kind of being the same story through as I was like, okay, I'm going to go raise money. Um, I, I did end up getting a team of developers uh, helping me. They were mostly working for equity and um, some cash, but it was like, you know, not much. I quit my job. I started it full time. I got loans, everything that you do as a, you know, entrepreneur to try to build a company. And, um, and then I was like, I'm going to raise money. And I went out and I was all over the place. I was like at, you know, Google Ventures, Bain Capital, like everywhere. And I got so many doors open. It was so much fun. Um, until like, it wasn't until everybody was like, no, too niche, not a big enough market, mm -hmm. not going to happen. You know, where's your technical co-founder, all those questions. Um, and it was hard. So I was like, you know, I did it for six months. Um, then I was just like, the day I gave up, I felt like a massive weight lifted. I was like, what a relief. I'm done. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to continue to work on this thing. I'm going to get back into building it. I'm going to, you know, just push and try to get customers. And that's what I'm going to do. And so I did. So I did not raise money um, to, you know, as much as I tried, um, but I, I did just continue building it. I got a ton of customers validation iterated you know continued to build and we launched in january 2016 we got our first um, paying customer and since then we grew 14 percent month over month um continued to just you know market and just push it out there and um by 2019 near the end of last year um we were acquired by Fastcase. we had over six thousand customers um we had grown, you know, like, I mean, 14% month over month for three years. So um, yeah, that's amazing. It was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. So um, now we're at a point where I'm still managing director. I'm running the business. Um, next chapter from Columbus, I, you know, report into Fastcase and um, they help me continue to, you know, support and, and put everything behind it so that we can grow even faster. So um we just hired three people this week. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, so, it's so great to be in a position of 
strength uh, amidst this crisis and to be doing hiring, mm-hmm. uh, which which is certainly not the the norm. And uh, yeah, you you you've great joined a great team in in Fastcase. Uh, yeah. Ed and and Phil are just phenomenal. Everyone I've met at uh, oh, yeah. Fastcase has been uh, been incredible. So before yeah. you threw in the towel, uh, I, I read somewhere that you had been rejected by VCs and, and other types of investors 82 times. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. That, because that's a lot. I, yeah, <laughs> totally. I made note of every single one because I was like, this is going to be my, I told you so list. Like, this is my, like, you know, this is, yeah, I was like, this is my, like, when I get acquired, I'm sending an email to every single one of you and saying like, I was acquired with no help. And it was so this whole did thing. You, that did you send 82 emails the day after you got acquired by yeah, Fastcase? Well, yeah, <laughs> totally. I sent a whole, it was subject line. Next chapter was acquired. And then in my head, like, booyah, you know, like, Love I'm it. just like, yeah. So it was, um, it, I'm like writing a, a book right now about, um, for first time founders. And I, at the time I was like, I wish there was a story that told the failures too, you know, I mean, yeah, you always hear these like amazing, huge unicorn success stories. And I was like, I'm, I just want to hear, you know, where people are in there, like where I was at that time. Um, there were some dark places, you know, it, it, it oh, was yeah. not it's easy. A roller that coaster. Ride, yeah, it's hard. And I was like, I want to hear like from people that did, you know, get super excited about a deal almost going through and then failing and then, you know, continuing. And I failed at, at fundraising. I mean, I just flat out did. And, um, and I don't know how many stories there are out there about like bootstrapping it, continuing it, making hard decisions, you know, having to like never pay yourself. Um, you know, yeah. and what is, what does that look like? Um, I think that, you know, a lot of times startups are glamorized and that there is a lot that's not, not fun and glamorous about being on a plane, you know, all the time with crappy food and bad airport, you know, just all those delays and trying to meet with somebody just for them to push you out the door. Um, it was just, so I yeah, documented it's, it all. You're, you're, you're putting on, uh, I've, I've been through that same journey and, and, uh, you're putting on city miles uh, in that journey for sure. Uh, it's not yeah. easy. And there's actually a lot of parallels between the Clio story and the next chapter story. You know, we both had the idea and, and tried to, to fundraise in the, the, the financial crisis of 2008, 2009, um, I, I think what's so interesting for me is there's so many founders that that I'm close to that have formed their companies in in the last 10 years and all they know is the boom time. All they know mm-hmm. is, to your point, kind of the nothing but net story of, yeah. you know, try to raise money and just have people throwing money at me left and right. And, and mm-hmm. you know, the struggle of of raising money in a downturn and, and building a company in a downturn is a uh, is, is a unique one, but, but congratulations yeah. on what is a, yeah. a, an unbelievable amount of grit and determination and, yeah. and tenacity to, uh, to get through hearing no 82 times. And I, I, I think an important point, you know, from your journey as well is that, you know, not every startup idea needs to be a VC funded idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of founders, yeah. maybe from the, uh, the survivorship bias that they see in the success stories that make the mm-hmm. tech crunch hi- headlines and so on. They think every successful startup raises a you know ten million dollar seed round yeah. and and up mm-hmm. goes up from there, um, and there's just a lot I, I think of especially in the legal space. If you're a legal tech founder, 
listening to this, I do think that for the traditional VC model and the question of can you build a billion dollar plus company in this space, the answer might be, might be no, and it might not be a VC mm -hmm. exit that you can create, but there's still many great businesses to be built, even if they're not VC fundable. And yeah. that's maybe angel funding, or as, as you did, it sounds like you're able to get mm -hmm. uh, through the entire journey bootstrapping, essentially, mm -hmm. and, and funding, you know, I'm sure with maxed out credit cards for, for the early days, but eventually mm -hmm. financing growth off of your own revenues. Yeah. And knowing that every time that Stripe payment would come through on my watch, it was mine was pretty <laughs> right. exciting. You know, you're like, wow. And you had control. All of these. Yeah. You had control, all, which is, which yeah. is huge. You know, the, it is and I, the flexibility. I mean, when you have four kids, you know, it's a little hard to get the kind of flexibility that you need starting, you know, when you're starting a business. Um, I think that that was, that was a huge, I mean, of course it was difficult, but um but it was great. I was able to stay home and still work and, you know, just work from home with the, the kids each time that um, I had to. And, you know, I didn't have the traditional like maternity leave, but I was fired up about my startup. Like I was excited to make, you know, all of it, um, have them right there on my chest, like that picture that I showed you that you have the same picture. Yeah, I was like, look at this. Another like, parallel. Oh yeah, I love, I yeah, love that. Yeah, like the kid uh, right there as you're typing away, like just building stuff. It's so cool. Uh, yeah, I, I remember uh, the, the picture I show sometimes is the, I've got my oldest son, Ian, who's about the same age as Cleo. So uh, curled up on my shoulder as I'm coding Cleo and uh, you can see the Ruby on Rails books in the background and picture and so on. It's uh, definitely a, a photo I'm glad my, my wife snapped in the early days of, uh, of Cleo. Um, yeah. So um, tell us just, you know, before we move on to talking about mm -hmm. the, the world of bankruptcy and what's going on there, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the book and, yeah. uh, and, and, and what the, the title, when is it coming out? When could we yeah, expect yeah. it? And, and you're also something that's available now is, is, uh, a podcast you're doing. Tell mm -hmm. us about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I have been doing, she starts up. Um, that's my podcast I've been hosting, um, since I was pregnant with the twins. I have this thing where I'm like, as soon as I get pregnant, I'm, uh, you know, all of the things that I've all wanted to do just start. Um, I'm like, all right, milestones are coming. I just want to start like hitting all of these, you know, I get super productive. So I usually build businesses when I'm pregnant. So um, that was what happened. I found out I was having twins. I'm like, oh my, I need to start a podcast <laughs> and a company and, you know, give all these resources right. to women building startups. Um, and so that's what I did. I, I built um, monamijanine.com and like started, you know, a whole brand around um, just helping women build businesses. Really, it's for anyone. Um, but that my whole niche is like, you know, if you're like, don't stop your, you know, life just because you want to build a business. Like you right. can have kids, you can, you know, build a startup, you can find um, people to support you. And so it was, um, so I started getting a lot of people asking for, you know, how, how do you, everything from like, how do you build a pitch deck to, um, you know, wh what do you say in a VC meeting? Like, what do you, you know, and, and I know all this stuff. I mean, you know, I was like, I can give all these resources. I, you yeah. Know, so I started You've creating had 82 um, of those meetings. Yeah, I know. I'm like, and it's not that they didn't want to invest. Like they just didn't want to invest in bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, so, um, I got all that together, started the podcast, started talking to um, other, you know, female founders 
um, women in business and uh, working moms and just anybody who is looking to, you know, start something, I think can get something from, um, from the podcast. And then that's what the book is all about too. It's like, I, I wanted to find a way to um, be able to share all of these resources and share my journey and say, this isn't, um, you know, it's not the nor it's not the, the usual way that you hear about um, success stories and tech. Um, but I wanted to be able to, to tell you that, you know, there's, there's other ways too. So um, yeah, so there's a lot about bootstrapping and being scrappy and, you know, finding a way. Um, but I, now I'm excited because now I'm like investing in women owned businesses too. So um, that's something that I'm, I'm getting super passionate about. It's like, you know, being able to hear these um, pitches from other people. And I'm like, it wasn't that long ago that I was on the other side. So I know like how valuable it is to just hear a no, like simply if, if it's a no, just say no, like that's all there, you know, simple You're advice right. like that. It's like, uh, let the there's person so many investors that are, are just <laughs> not able to say no. And mm -hmm fearful of saying no the fomo is strong yeah. in the vc world and it is. You, can, you can get teased along for a long time as a founder with uh yeah. with vcs that can't say no and um yeah i i think just you know want to recognize what you're doing on that front as well it's so important the the gender disparity on the vc world is huge on the investor mm -hmm. side it's huge there's a uh, a real lack of, of female founders in the, the startup world. And I, I think you're doing really great work to try to get those numbers up and, and setting a great example as a role model for aspiring female founders. So uh, kudos on, on everything Thanks. you're doing on that front. Um, well, let's shift gears into talking about the COVID-19 crisis and yeah. uh, I, I think unique perch that you're able to observe this mm -hmm. crisis from. So you're running a, a, a bankruptcy focused legal tech startup. You're, you're helping number one, manage that company through this crisis, which um, is one interesting place to be to, to start with. And you've talked a little bit about some of the challenges in, in, in just running a, a company in a distributed way and, and creating that sense of connectedness. You're, you're running a company that is seeing its business boom. You're actually hiring and, and we're seeing as you mentioned, maybe in your formative days as well, you, you saw bankruptcies spike in the 08, 09 crisis. Unfortunately, that's another thing we're seeing this crisis uh, drive a big spike in as well. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and I'd love to spend a few minutes just talking about what you're, what you're seeing. What are you seeing on the front lines of the, the bankruptcy world? Um, what are you seeing you know, at an economic level and what are you seeing in the law firms that are, are at the front lines of this crisis? Yeah, so it's um, it's interesting because we all know that it's coming. We all know that the bankruptcy filings are going to be, you know, booming. Um, right now, though, it's actually declining. Um, so it's it's an interesting. Really? Um, yeah, it is. It's so we noticed um, we do these like usage reports every week. We're looking at weekly usage just so that mm -hmm. we can see um, just through, through coronavirus. Um, so we can see what the trends are and make sure, you know, if there's a huge drop off what's happening um, and mainly also to report for, you know, our team um, what we can expect with revenue and all of that. So, so things were looking good, you know, it was like February, average March got pretty high. We're like, Oh, this is going to be huge. 
Um, I mean, not yay, but like, it's just, you know, we were, we were ready for it. Um, mm -hmm. And then April dropped 50%. It was really? like filings. Yeah. Credit reports, um, new cases entered into the system, all lower. Um, so then, you know, I was like, okay, it's definitely gotta be one attorneys are working from home, just like everybody else. They're trying to figure out life They're, You know, you can't, you can't put in a full day work, um, every day when you have people at home to care for and, and different situations. Um, so there's some of that friction. And then there's also, you know, the, the clients, the clients aren't um, able to come into the office one-on-one -on -one, um, to pull those credit reports. Um, a lot of times you go in, you have your initial consultation, you decide if, you know, if bankruptcy is the right option, pull your report and then determine. Um, so our credit reports that come through the system are usually really high and they were about half. Um, so I'm thinking that the, you know, the initial consultations aren't happening as frequently um, mm -hmm. right now because of obviously the stay at home and people are trying to figure all of this out. Um, but the main thing too is um, the evictions and foreclosure forbearance. I think that once that lifts, um, you know, then people will start seeing a, a big, um, a big, you know, struggle with their, their, bills. And that's, I mean, there's, there's, you know, medical bills and, um, the evictions, the foreclosures, like all of these things that, that unemployment, you know, it's, it's all happening right now. So it's like, you're not seeing the effect of that yet. Yeah. Um, this is maybe the, what you've seen in April is the, the water going out before the tsunami mm -hmm. hits. It's exactly. Like. Cause that's what people are saying. It's like, this is the calm before the storm. We're about to see this and that's what all these bankruptcy attorneys that I'm talking to about um, our upcoming event, they're all saying, yes, there's this tsunami coming. We can see it. We see it coming and it's just like going to hit us hard and we know, but, but it's not there yet. So yeah, everybody's like, oh, it must be so busy. And um, we know it's coming, but it just hasn't hit yet. It's interesting too. We, we at Clio just published some data at the beginning of this week in mm -hmm. what will be the first of a monthly briefing on the state of the industry and what we're seeing across the yeah. the industry and part of what we did there is some consumer research and our research showed that 20 percent of consumers actually don't believe that lawyers are an essential service and effectively are not available right now mm -hmm. so yeah. you have a fifth of the market essentially self-selecting themselves out and maybe thinking i should file for bankruptcy but i'll need to wait until things were returned to quote unquote normal yeah. uh, before we I can proceed with this. So mm -hmm. I think um, there's, uh, you know, as you pointed out, a, a, a myriad of factors contributing to mm -hmm. this this slowdown in, in April. Um, but I, I, I think you, you, you can't look at the data, you can't look at the the unemployment numbers and, and not believe that that oh, tsunami yeah. is, is coming. And that's so how, true. How are we you are bracing for seeing... that? Well, yeah. So we're also seeing um, that, yeah, while case filings and reports and new cases entered in the system are all down, signups are double. So we okay. have double the attorneys. Like signups sign up for your now. product are yes. doubling. Wow. Yeah. So we have double the attorneys looking for bankruptcy software to use, but only, you know, half of the filings actually going out. So it's really interesting to see. Um, but yeah, we're, we're bracing for this. Um, we, you know, like I said, we just hired a few more people um, on staff, but luckily we had just um, finished up our whole fast case um, user 
integration. So Fastcase BK, they had a bankruptcy product that they um, they just sunsetted into next yep. chapter. So we brought all of their customers on and we just concluded that. Um, so it was really good timing because our support staff has now opened up for um, more, you know, help um, to bring in these new, new attorneys. Um, but most like we were like, okay, what are we going to do first? Um, during, you know, this whole pandemic, we, we wanted to um, hop on with allowing attorneys to understand that you can work from anywhere using next chapter. Um, our main competitor is, is not online. Um, they have not been, they've been, I mean, everybody used them um, and they have always been a desktop based um, application. Okay. They're working to get online. It's been years of working to get online. And so we have a lot of people coming to us saying like, I can't even use that right now. I need to switch whether, whether I was ready or not. You know, and so, um, so we're seeing a ton of that and we have been, you know, we've been online for five years now. I mean, I was, you know, we, we figured out all the bugs we've, yeah. you know, it's not, a, there, it's not a new thing. Like you're natively cloud, which I think is hugely yeah. important. Uh, the su success rate of on-premise technology companies, uh, successfully pivoting to cloud companies is is very, very small. Uh, it's, yeah. it's kind of a countable number of, of companies that have made that transition. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think you're right. We're seeing, you know, what, what I've described at times is five or year, 10 years of technological change compressed into five or 10 weeks. You know, people are just having yeah. to figure out, I thought I'd go cloud eventually, but I need mm -hmm. to go cloud now. And it's a forcing yeah. factor that the, the crisis has brought, I think, is a clarity of vision where people know the cloud is the only way I'm going to survive this crisis. Yeah. And, and maybe if I play my cards right, I can actually thrive. Um, yeah. So, so on, on the, on the bankruptcy front, can you tell us a little mm -hmm. bit more about what you're, um, what you're seeing in terms of impacts on mm -hmm. bankruptcy firms and their clients? What are you seeing uh, these firms do to get ready for this tsunami yeah. and, and how does next chapter plug in there and help support these firms? Yeah. So right now, um, you know, they're definitely trying to figure out how to work from home and how to, um, even if they have used Next Chapter, um, they're still just trying to figure out how to have that client communication, um, you know, and, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we've heard. Um, they, so we created this, um, another plan, it's our work from home plan. And as soon as we started working from home, we're like, let's throw Moto on the site let people, you know, sign up. It gives them a hundred dollar discount, um, off of the, the highest tier plan. Mm -hmm. But then we're also going to give them, um, a work from home guide that we like, you know, a, a PDF, um, downloadable guide that tells you like everything. It includes Clio, you know, a lot of different tools that you can use, um, and talks to you about how to build that, um, connection, you know, your, your, um, communication with your client too. So through, um, we have a tool called my chapter. It's like an, uh, an import, um, a questionnaire, um, to import mm -hmm. into next chapter. And then we have, um, our, our client texting tool too, which sets up like automated text reminders. So we, we were like, look, if you set all this up, right, it can work with you, you know, just on your, on its own. Like you don't have to be, um, you know, try to figure out all the different technology. Um, so then we're like, you know, use Fastcase, use Clio, use, you know, uh, all these different, use Ruby, like for, you know, a, a receptionist. Um, so we're trying to help them, um, right. 
that. And I, I think what you're you're addressing here is is really important, which is it's one thing for a law firm to make the transition to cloud-based tools. And you are seeing this, this mass migration to the cloud. We're seeing it, you're seeing it. Um, but you're, you're seeing firms concurrently have to solve the challenge of how do I run a dis distributed law firm? How do I mm -hmm. help all of my uh, yeah. employees and staff collaborate with one another when you're not in a shared mm -hmm. office space? And, yeah. and that's actually an entirely different problem to solve than the technology piece of things yeah because yeah that you have to make sure that it's not just how you're working on the um on the case but how are your clients working with you and yeah, yeah that's that's something um so we also have uh this this paralegal as a service which is our um, virtual paralegal business that um it kind of came full circle so we were like okay people need help um you know some attorneys don't have paralegals or legal assistants let's just bring my old business, which, you know, like next chapter came out of, we're like, let's just bring it back. So right. we started um, paralegal as a service, which is really cool. Uh, an opportunity for, we have 25 paralegals on staff right now that are working with attorneys in every area. So it's not just bankruptcy. We have them. Um, if, you know, if a large corporate law firm needs someone for, um, you know, energy compliance, they contact us and then we um, give them a, a paralegal and they use next chapter. They use different tools that we have um, if they, you know, if, if they need to, but it's, it's a great way um, to just keep um, Interesting. the service part of it too. Yeah. So, so you've essentially got on-demand paralegal services. So if yeah. you're, as many law firms are, I'm sure experiencing a spike or anticipating a spike, they can have this almost variable capacity they can tap into. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it's really helpful um, in, you know, the solos and smalls that, that decide to go on vacation or if they have um, someone go out on maternity leave, like they can just pick up an X chapter paralegal and know that they already know the system. They can have access to one case, revoke access easily, all of that. So they usually tend to like their paralegal they're working with a lot and then like request the same one. And and start to pick up the load and give it to um, you know him or her. So it's it's been really fun um, to see that evolve. So that's kind of one of the things that we decided with um, the work from home plan. We're like we're just going to give everyone that signs up for the work from home plan um, a consultation to meet with a virtual paralegal, talk about it, so that we could see if that fits in with their model too. Um, so it's kind of you know we're just trying to figure out like how can we help them in every way. Um, yeah. Just you know try to get through this without having to like you know shut down basically. yeah absolutely and, and maybe yeah. that's a great segue into talking about uh bankruptcy week so you're, yeah. you're hosting a, a five-day conference next mm -hmm. week uh and uh really excited for for that conference i think it's great to see a, a virtual event like this coming online um, yeah. want to hear more about it you, you decided yeah. to launch this online event uh you know amidst trying to transition your entire team to work from home mm -hmm. and distributed workplace and dealing with this, this oncoming tsunami of, of demand on the bankruptcy front. Uh, what, what was the catalyst for wanting to do yeah. this, this online <laughs> conference and what are you hoping to accomplish with it? Okay. So I gotta be honest, when things get calm, I get like, <laughs> let's do something big. So yeah. things were starting to calm down. It was like, everything was, you know, it seemed like we were in a really good place. Um, as a business. And I was like, you know what, we should do something to, to help these attorneys um, educate new incoming attorneys um, that 
have never added bankruptcy to their practice. Um, you know, people that usually refer out. Um, so all of these like adjacent markets is what I call them. So the, mm-hmm. the divorce, um, you know, immigration, um, probate and estates, you know, anyone that um, is also going under our mission, which is helping people get to the next chapter of their lives. So you look at like consumer-based, um, you know, attorneys who are helping um, consumers in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And, and we're like, I bet that we could reach out to these people, um, let them know that we exist and that they could do a bankruptcy for one case. We offer a per case model. So you can use next chapter for free all you want. Once you're ready to file that case, you just pay per the case. So you don't have to pay to sign up or anything. Um, so yeah, so we have, um, that's a model that, you know, we use uh, thousands of people use it, um, daily. And so we were like, you know, how about we tell, non-bankruptcy attorneys that this is available. Um, but then we also want to educate the attorneys that on all of these new things like the CARES Act, um, the how that's affecting bankruptcy. We want to talk about the subchapter 11, um, the new you know business um, changes to business bankruptcies. And there were so many different things to talk about um, that we were like, we can't just do this in a webinar. We need more, you know, we need, we need to do something bigger. So I'm like, falling asleep one night and I was like, gosh, how are we going to tell? Like, I love marketing. I love, um, the, the idea of like, you know, putting this message out there and having people join, um, in webinars, but it feels so scattered. And I was like, how can we just put it all together? And then I'm like an online conference. (laughs) I was like, it just lit me up. I was like, I couldn't help it. I just got my notes out on my phone and just started like you know, jotting down all these notes. I'm sending um, these messages to Jamie, who I work really close with, who's incredible and has been like, you know, just doing everything to make this happen. Um, And so I'm like, what if we did a conference? And, you know, I was stoked. She was stoked. We talked to a few people um, on the team and they were like, okay. And then, um, and then I, I mean, this is like three weeks ago. Um, and I was like, we're going to do it in three weeks because um, the bankruptcy conference that usually takes place in May it, it was canceled. Um, it's the NACPA conference. So I was like, yep. this is something that everybody can, um, can get behind. And I'm like, we got to do it. We have to do it in May. Let's just, you know, while everyone is still home, let's educate these people, get everyone ready before this tsunami of cases comes. Um, people that don't know bankruptcy can learn bankruptcy. So then um, I told my team, and the funniest thing, one of the, um, this is on one of our check-in calls, everybody's talking about movies and shows they're watching and stuff. And I was like, oh, by the way, um, I want to host a conference, like a, an online, a virtual conference, see, you know, what kind of attendance we can get. And I was like, I really want like 1,001 registered attendees so that next year I can say 1,000 plus nine, like number right. of attendees. Who's <laughs> the marketing? So that was my goal. And everybody was looking at me like no one said a word. And I was like, well, okay, is this, you know, and then they just kept talking about other things. And I was like, that was weird. And so I'm asking people <laughs> afterwards, like, what? <laughs> like, I don't like, are they not excited? And, um, I think one guy, uh, he, like, he said, you know, when you told me, I just, I just looked at everyone else and I thought like, you can't just, make an online conference can you like he's like you right. can't just and i was like well we can <laughs> so yeah. we, it was awesome we got um, love it yeah so our designer um we put together the whole 
um, the whole lineup of everyone. I was like, I'm just going to make my dream lineup. Everyone that I would want to um, have talk and like give advice and, you know, talk to attorneys, not just about bankruptcy, but about marketing and social media. And just like Cleo does for the user conferences. I mean, you guys, you know, you cover so many topics and it's not just like, here's how to use Cleo, you know, that doesn't, I mean, how to build a great law firm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was like, this is my first time. I pulled a lot of um, inspiration from you guys from um, my, you know, my talks with Lauren on how she um, organizes and hosts. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out. And then um, what was really cool, Ed at Fast Case, I tell him about it and he's excited. You know, we're both like these big visionaries. Like, yeah, let's do this. Um, and so he sends me this post um, a, a, on Medium, a blog post that says like why your virtual conferences suck and here's how to make it better. And yeah. so he's like, just wanted to like point this out so that you can take some ideas here. And I was like, okay. And I'm reading it. And I was like, these are great ideas. So then I was like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, so I just contacted the woman who wrote the post and I was like, are you available for like, you know, doing a conference? Um, she's a virtual event planner and she's like, yeah, I have some time. And so she hopped in and took over and she's been great. So we've like, we've been able to somehow pull it off. Um, it's next week and we have 17 sessions. Um, there's 20 plus speakers now cause we've had some interest in, um, we've had all these sponsors. I had no idea. I was like, Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe next year. And people are like, "Can we sponsor?" Like, the, that's great. Yeah. Well, so, con- like, congrats. It's uh, I think a great. Uh, th- that's how you found a conference. By the way, the founding of ClioCon was not yeah. much different than me pitching Lauren on the idea uh, because right. it was a physical conference. It was you know five months out that we we let out of yeah. the date. But that that is really that's not a lot of time still, to plan and yeah, organize a physical so conference. Sad. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just need to burn the boats and, uh, and, and do it. So I'm so happy. Yeah. And I, I think you shared, by the way, you set a target of a thousand and one, um, and you've exceeded that by yeah. a substantial margin already. And we've still got a few days uh, to go yeah. for registration. Yes. So we are already, um, we're going to hit 2000 today if we haven't already while I'm on this call, because we, yeah, we were really close and they're coming in and just like hundreds every couple hours. So it's, it's amazing. We still have, yeah, a couple more, um, couple more days. And so now my new goal is 3001, but, um, I, yeah, I'm so excited. And I like, I was so happy that you agreed to do the keynote. So I'm yeah, very excited to do that. that. And thank yes. you for the invite. So, yeah. Of um, course. So it's gonna where, be great. where can people learn more about this? There'll be a few days to register when we drop yes. this, uh, this episode of daily matters, mm-hmm. where, where can they go to learn more? Right now at nextchapterbk.com slash bankruptcy uh, dash week. <laughs> so, but we did get bankruptcyweek.com. So I just need to move it over there, but. <laughs> okay, excellent. Well, we'll, yeah, for uh, now. we'll, we'll um, make sure a Twitter. link to that is on our show notes. And, yeah. um, you know, very excited to speak there next week. You've got uh, an incredible lineup. And, and I do think that the, something a lot of our listeners are, are thinking about is if you're in a practice area that's been negatively impacted by COVID-19, as so many have, how do you start to layer in uh, some practice areas that are potentially booming? And, and bankruptcy is one of those practice, practice areas where 
if you have the right tools and you have the right network and you have the right education and, and help to do these successfully, this can be a, a great opportunity to tap into. So I, I think, uh, and, and this, this conference is free as well, right? We didn't talk yeah. about price, but you, you yeah, can't beat the, the price either. So definitely yeah. check, check out uh, Bankruptcy Week. Um, and I'm sure some of the content will be available for consumption yes. offline as well if you happen to miss okay. registering for the event next week. Yeah, we're going to record it all. We're going to have it all available, um, repurpose it in different ways to share. And um, even if you just register on Eventbrite, we're going to send it out, you know, afterward to everyone. Okay, um, and excellent. Then, yeah, so it'll, everyone can can still see it. I'm excited. I We have a, we have like a fun video that we put together for the intro of it. And it's so silly, but it's, I'm, I'm happy about all of it. Obviously. Love it. You can Love it. Well, yeah, I can. I can. And I, I get a lot of energy and excitement around uh, conferences as well. So I, I share your enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, well, Janine, our uh, time has flown by. I've really enjoyed yes. our conversation. And uh, I think we'll need to do a part two at some point because there's so much more I'd love to talk to you about. Yeah. Um, but maybe to conclude, I uh, want to, to know if there's a parting thought you'd like to, to share with our audience, you know, speaking to them either as legal professionals or, or simply as okay. human beings. Yeah, I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head with um, as a legal professional, if you're, you know, if you're looking um, to just try to stay afloat, I would, I would consider bankruptcy, um, adding it to your practice, learning how um, bankruptcy week is obviously a great starting point. Um, there's also people out there. Ron Drescher is one of our um, keynote, or he's the, the first um, speaker. And he has an online course. Um, he does consulting. So there's people out there that can help you um, through a case if you're having a hard time or just trying to figure out bankruptcy in general. So it's not all just self-taught. Um, I think that, you know, just looking around for, um, for people that can kind of help you in that. But um, outside of like the legal world, I would just say take time for yourself and make sure that, you know, you're taking time off, um, that you're, you know, even though it's like, hard right now um, to take a vacation, um, you can still take time off and turn off your computer and just be, you know, with your family or with yourself and just try to, you know, get that time that the burnout is so real when you're working from home and living from home and yeah. it's impossible. So, yeah. No, great. Uh, great note to end on. And uh, Jean, thanks so much for joining us today. Look forward to uh, bankruptcy week next week. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Great. Thanks so much for having me, Jack. All right. See ya. Thanks for joining us on Daily Matters today, a podcast from Clio. Rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Daily Matters is produced by Andrew Booth, Sam Rosenthal, and Derek Bolin, and hosted by yours truly, Jack Newton. Thanks also to Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal technology provider for supporting this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Clio, please visit clio.com. 